Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Okay, one more time today, we're going to be visiting John, the Gospel of John, that is, chapter 12. We're going to pick it up now in verse 44 and make a run to the end of the chapter. This is a very powerful chapter uh, in the book of John and in all of Scripture because Jesus is herein uh, talking about going to the cross and the, and what that's for. Um, the effectual um, impact of one's salvation because of the cross. And again, he's inviting all the listeners to join him in dying to this world and living into the kingdom. So finishing up chapter 12 today, in verse 44, he says, Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me, sees him who sent me. Now Jesus hearing, clarifying his position for all within earshot, as well as all the generations to follow, clearly binds himself wholly to the Father God And he does so in a relationship that's really beyond anything that we personally can obtain. He claims a supernatural unity, a bond with Jehovah God that expressly places him as literally one with God. Now, we mate this morning, be sons of God. You see, that's by adoption. Please note that Jesus is the only begotten son, literally God in flesh, one of a kind, the only one. John, back in chapter 1, verse 1, he began this book by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and here it is, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 of that chapter, he said, the Word became flesh, amen, and lived among us. We saw his glory, such glory as of the only born Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, as I said when we started, that this would be Christ's parting message. This would be his last call to the Jewish nation. From this point forward, he would speak only privately to his disciples. The Jewish populace that would not confess him because they feared backlash and the cost of the public acknowledgement uh, would go on without him. But please note Jesus showed no fear like their fear. He would not address them directly. Indeed, uh, excuse me, he would address them indeed, but he would address, address them without fear for himself. Look, few men will ever know this level of commitment and transparency. Isaiah 50, verse 7, speaks of that kind of passionate position. It says, For the Lord Yahweh will help me. Therefore, I have not been confounded. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I won't be disappointed. Look, we want to be Christian, but we so often still want to be viewed well publicly. We want to be the diva, so rarely are we going to set ourselves aside for his glory. Rarely are we going to join Jesus on the cross. Rarely are we going to say the way it is. I mean, we don't want our Facebook friends to think we don't have it going on, right? And in such, we need to acknowledge that if that's our thinking, our very salvation is in question. Chapter 5 of John, verse 44, it asks the question, 
How can you believe who receive glory from one another? And you don't seek the glory that comes from the only God. The reality today is that we all are going to lose secular friends when we choose to follow Jesus. It's a stark fact. Seldom do we actually have to depart from them because to come out from among them and be separate as 2 Corinthians 6, 17, that generally is not going to need to happen because I, I think factually they're going to slowly slip out the back because you, you're kind of creeping them out with this Jesus stuff. Now that doesn't mean that we're never going to have a need to break an earthly fellowship with an unbeliever. Because some people are going to hang on to relationship with Christians even though any suggestion of them ever believing themselves is personally horrifying. But they remain hanging out with Christians because, well, Christians have good vibes. You know, there's this natural peace and joy in a believer, so people can tend to gravitate toward that peace and joy. Now, we're not called to shun these people, but it also would not be a righteous thing to hang around with them all the time, to hang around with people who doesn't share your worldview. Amos 3, verse 3 says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed? I have a lot of acquaintances who are not born again. But you need to know today, I don't have any friends who aren't. In John 17, verse 14 through 16, Jesus prayed to the Father and said, I have given them your word. The world hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I prayed, or I pray not, that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So here Jesus is speaking of that call, that call to join him upon the cross, to pick up our cross and follow him. Verse 46 says, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Someone once said that the book of John is, quote, a pool in which a child may wade and an elephant may swim, end quote. This is what the commentator Charles Erdman meant when he said, quote, its stories are so simple that even a child will love them, but its statements are so profound that no philosopher can fathom them, end quote. Jesus, in verse 46, returns to a profound and yet simple analogy that is one of his favorites, and that is, herein, a clear picture, and that is that the world we're living in is a dark place. And hey, who, who can argue that it seems to be getting darker every day? The darkness is not going away, but we don't have to live in it. Jesus has come to be our light in the midst of all this darkness. With him in front leading the way, we can see where we are going. We can see what in truth is reality and what is but a shadow, what is but a whisper. Just, you know, a bump in the darkness of night. Through him, we can see where we are walking in life. And moreover, we can do so with boldness. John chapter 3, verse 19 through 21 says this. This is judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their works are evil. 
For everyone who does evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his works may be revealed, that they have been done in God. Verse 47, if anyone listens to my sayings, Jesus speaking here, and doesn't believe, I don't judge him, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and doesn't receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word that I spoke will judge him in the last day. For I spoke not from myself, verse 49, but the Lord who sent me gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Mankind today is truly without excuse. In fact, the complete Bible has been translated into approximately 700 languages, and at least part of the Bible has been translated into 3,312 languages, with multiple billions having been printed. It's well accepted today that the Christian Bible has sold more copies than any other book in history. Therefore, Jesus need not judge and condemn mankind. The Word of God will do that for him. There is little room herein for ambiguity. We know what he wants. It is simply ours to choose whether we will do it or not. Ours is to choose whether we will accept the light or whether we will live our lives in darkness, whether we will live our lives fumbling around in the dark feeling our way through our lives, tripping, stumbling, and hurting ourselves as we fall. The choice is ours, light or darkness. We're going to be judged by the Word of God. We will not be judged by our good works. We will not be judged by what we think religion is. No, we will be judged by the Word of God. And finally, in verse 50, it says, I know that His commandment is eternal life. These things, therefore, which I speak, even as the Father has said to me, so I speak. Again, back in John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, where we began this epistle, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome. The story goes many years ago that Sarah Todd Cunningham, a visiting senator from Hawaii, voiced her impression of these United States aptly saying, quote, too many people in too many cars in too much of a hurry going in too many different directions to nowhere for nothing. <laughs> Is this what you want for your life? Running in the darkness from here and there and going nowhere? As I said earlier, this is the end of Jesus' public ministry. His last words to those who would shout to him, Hosanna, Hosanna, but then even a few days after would shout at him, crucify him, crucify him. He tells them again, I'm just telling you what God wanted me to tell you. What God wants is to give you eternal life. The choice is yours. Light or darkness. Death or life. Please note that Jesus ends this chapter not with an I think or an I hope. Jesus ends this chapter with a I know. What do you know for sure? That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. 
To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.